0: You guys for leading us in worship this morning. Let's see, kiddos, if you'd like to be dismissed for Children's Church, you can follow Miss Brenda out the back there. All right. As we, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in uh, Colossians chapter 4 this morning as we are going to, God willing, finish Colossians. We've been in this, this is week 10. How about that as we've been going through Colossians? Um, boy, we've been talking, I love the book. I love, I should say, the letter. I love the letter to the Colossian church from Paul. It is, um, it is just an absolute a declaration of uh, of Jesus Christ being supreme above all. Um, I think as you read through it, you it makes you ask the question, is Jesus really supreme in my life? You know, is it I I, I believe these things in my head. Is it true in my heart too? Is he really supreme? I know he's supreme in the world. I know he's supreme over creation. I know he's supreme over everything that would raise its uh, head uh, against God. Um, But is he really supreme in in my own life? I, uh, I pray that that's been... Uh, something you've been going through, and, and um, I think there are times of um, there are times in our lives that you know. As just uh, we we got together, by the way, and, and uh, knocked down a little bit of the concrete. Appreciate everybody's help on that. All you guys who were uh, here to help on that, and ladies who who came to help us too. But um, uh, but uh, anyway, as we were doing that, I was talking to someone. It just it just seems like we're always on this pendulum swing. You know what I mean? We're we're just always not quite getting it right. We're we're going from one side to the other, and and uh, you know I'm I'm going to talk today about about the the a fire and a passion for what we do as believers and um I, I think in in some regard, I think we're all the time kind of having to fight that. Uh, that sense that we've got so many things going on, so many different distractions that it kind of puts down our, our passion and our fire for really what we know is most important. And I think it's, a, it's just a constant battle for us as people to be always constantly refocusing our lives back on weight. No, I want to pour more time. I want to pour more energy. I want to I feel more passion um, for my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and for the things that he's calling me to and we're going to talk about this a lot today, but sometimes the fire of that passion needs to burn up some other things. Sometimes it needs to consume other things that are less important so that the, that thing that we think is most important in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and in fulfilling the calling that he's placed on our lives really does reign supreme. And, and I don't know about you, but this is a constant struggle for me for, for putting my energies into the things that I know that are most important. And uh, anyway, so, so let's finish it up here um, today. We're going to be um, um, finishing up Colossians. It's kind of interesting the way that they wrote back in ancient times. A lot of the things that we put in the beginning of letters, they put in the, the ending of letters. And so uh, anyway, it's interesting. After he's done all this great, you know, kind of teaching and preaching about about what Jesus Christ has done for us and then the impacts that that ought to to have in our lives and our marriages and our relationships with our children and and slaves to their masters or, or employees, we might say today. Um, um, he finishes with uh, basically, hey, tell everybody we said hi, and, uh, and by the way, this is Paul. So, we, you know, ordinarily we would put that in the front of our letters. In ancient days, they put that at the end. So anyway, um, in Colossians chapter 4, we're going to read verse seven, t- 7 through the end of the chapter. So uh, pick up with me in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 7, please. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved to be a comfort for me. Epiphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you, and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, And Demas, send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church at Laodicea, of the Laodiceans, I should say, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Okay, as we see, um, as, you, as you recall, we've been talking about this, but this is, Paul is under what we believe was the first imprisonment that he had in Rome, that he wrote this while he was under um, Roman um, authority and in uh, basically what, what amounts to house arrest, where he could have visitors that come in and out, but he was, on, he was not allowed to leave the premises that he was on, but, but he could have visitors as he came, which is why he talks about people being with him. Later on, we have another account of Paul being in, in, in a Roman prison in Second Timothy where Paul says, basically, this is it. You know, the end is coming is, is basically what he writes. But here in the, first, in the first imprisonment, he's treated really fairly well uh, considering, although he is, um, he is restricted by change. I think the thing that's remarkable to me is you read any of Paul's epistles, you know, and there are several, several of his writings where he's writing from prison, is that the letters are not, you know, woe, woe is me, you know, somebody's got to talk to the governor on my behalf. Someone's got to call the emperor and get me out of here. You know, I don't belong to be here. Instead, Paul is still all about continuing on with the calling and the ministry that God's given him. He's sending guides to places. He's sending guys to Asia, and and uh, he, as he sends these guys to Asia Minor here, he's sending later on in his letters, he's just continuing that work. He's, he's saying, You go and, and do this work. You encourage their hearts. Go and, and talk to these people. You've got to go back to the church. And he would send people back to Ephesus, and here there, he was sending some to, to Colossae. But all the time, his focus still, instead of being on himself and his own comfort, he still fulfilling his callings. It's just amazing to me, and I hope it's amazing to you, the passion that Paul has that no matter his circumstances, no matter if he's wandering around free or whether he's in chains or whether he's in prison, he just keeps pushing forward to say the work of God, the ministry of Jesus Christ has to continue no matter where I am or what's happening with me, and if I can't go, I'm sending someone else. I love that passion. I, I think that kind of passion, it inspires us, doesn't it? it? It makes us look at his life. And listen, we're not all, certainly we're not all called to be Paul's, but we're all called to have the passion of Paul, I believe. We're all called to have that passion for, the, for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and a passion to see um, all that God would do in us done, you know, for us to, to burn ourselves up in passion to do all that the Lord would have for us. So, so let's just let's break this down just for a little bit. Tychicus. Is with the Apostle Paul. He was with him on his on his uh, voyage to Jerusalem. Do you remember? Um, uh, Paul went to Asia Minor and some of the churches, and and returned to Jerusalem and brought back a. Um, um, some gifts, some money to help support the saints there in Jerusalem who were being terribly persecuted. They were being basically kicked out of their families. They were kicked out of the synagogue. They had no more societal support. That was all gone, and they were just in abject poverty. And so Paul goes through the churches of Asia Minor and he collects a bunch of offerings. And, and one of the guys that's with him to go back to Jerusalem to deliver that money to those saints, one of those guys is Tychicus, who he's sending with this letter back to Colossians. Um, let's see. He was with him he's in imprisonment. Imprisonment at Rome, but but sent here with the letter of to the Colossians, and also with the it's kind of the sister uh, letter to uh, Philemon. Um, one of the others gentlemen that's there is Onesimus, who is a slave. We, we learn most about what we know about him from the book of Philemon. Um, Onesimus is a slave who's run away from his master, and we don't know the circumstances as to why, except that we know that Paul calls on his master to forgive him and to recognize that this guy who is a runaway slave. Is a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he tells Anissus's master, he says, and you should treat him like a brother, um, even though he also is serving as your as your servant. Um, so anyway. Um, and apparently, it, it appears that Onesimus um, was led to the Lord by, by Paul and later is, is being basically sent back uh, into uh, uh, to the care of his master. It, look with me in verses 10 through 15 just really quickly. These three verses, um, or these three people, listen to what he, he mentions. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greeting, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Now, this is Mark, the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Um, and then Jesus, not Jesus Christ, but Jesus, who is also called Justice, um, was with him also. And listen to what he says next. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Now, here the Apostle Paul had grown up a Jew. He was a Jew of Jews. He was trained with Jews. Um, he served with Jews. He was in a ruling board with other Jews. And all of this time he had spent with his own countrymen, with his own people, um, and, uh, and, and with his own heritage. He had spent all this time with them. And in the end, there were three Jewish brothers who became believers, who, who, would follow, who would serve and work with him in his, in his work. You see, here's, here's part of the, the passion that I'm talking about with the Apostle Paul. He had to leave everything to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He, when, whenever, he tra- whenever he converted from Judaism, it cost him not just the faith that he had in Judaism to come to Christianity, it also cost him all of his, the heritage of his friends. He left, and, he, and all of his friends remained behind, basically. And he says, in the end, there are only three brothers with me who are Jews. There are only three of my own countrymen who still serve with me. Uh, none, of the rest, uh, none of the rest stayed with Paul. None of the rest um, were converted or, or else they didn't, it, the ones that were converted didn't, do, didn't, uh, didn't serve with Paul. But Paul says about them, and they are a comfort to me. I, I think this is interesting. I, th- I think this, uh, I, th- I want to just make a quick observation while we're right here. Um, God provided a comfort for Paul, but you notice that wasn't his, that wasn't Paul's pursuit. Do you hear what I'm saying? So much in our society is a pursuit of comfort, right? It's a pursuit of entertainment. It's a pursuit of comfort. It's a pursuit of, well, what can I do to make myself comfortable? What can can I do to, to take better care of me? What can I do for all this stuff? And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. But when it comes to passion, when it comes to the place that we're pouring our time and our money and our energy into, Paul says, God provided me a comfort. I'm pursuing his calling. You see what I'm saying? And there's a time when the two can't coincide together. There's a time when, the, when, when our comfort and our calling uh, are, are, in, um, are in opposition to each other. There's a time that, that we need to, we're called to give up some of our comfort so that we might pursue the calling that the Lord God has placed on us. That's part of that passion for fulfilling God's work. That's part of knowing that there's some part of me that has to be burnt up. In this passion that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ, it, to, to be burnt up it, for this relationship, that there's something lesser, there's something lesser important that needs to be burned up that, that might fuel the fa- flame for my desire to be with and to be in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or to follow Him and to serve Him well. There's something else that often has to die for us to follow and do what's, what's best. And listen, this, could be, this can be any number of things. Let me, let me just talk about this just for a moment. One is is that the the things that we spend our time on, the things that we allow um, uh, to take up our thought life, what are those things that you think about? What are those things that that you're spending your time on that could be spent better? I just want to challenge you this morning. If a lot of those things have to do with your comfort, if you're spending a lot of time doing things that just don't matter, burn it. Burn it up. Burn it up because there's something greater than Sports center, right? There's something greater than television. There's something bigger and greater than games. There's something more worthy of your time. There's something more worthy of your energy and more worthy of your passion. Amen? There's something bigger than that. There's something greater than that. And listen, I, I hope, I pray for us, I pray this for me too, that, that, that those lesser things would be burned up, that, I might, but my, that they, they might be fuel for the fire for something bigger and greater in me. To, and, and they're just real simple, right? It is is to love the Lord and to serve Him well. If I want to put it just that simply, if I could love the Lord, if I could sacrifice something, if I could burn up something else in my life that's lesser important, if I could love the Lord and serve Him well, I want to, I want to, I want to be offering those things in, in, in the in the fire uh, in, in the firewood spot. You know, I, I want those things to be willingly offered and sacrificed up. Instead, though, so many times in our lives, we allow the things that we ought to be passionate about for that flame to dwindle down, and then we go spend time and we go spend energy on something that's less important and not worthy of our passion and energy. Are you with me? Listen, it could be television. It could be be whatever takes up your time. It could be whatever takes your passion. But listen, the more time and the more energy and the more money that you spend on those things... The less time and energy and passion you're going to spend on the one thing that you wish you were spending your time on, amen. I, I want to really—I I just want to make that. Uh, I just want to encourage you that way this morning is that there are some things in this life that it's worth putting to death. Yeah. The other thing, and maybe in a larger sense, that just when it comes to talking about people who are um, people who are worth following, people who are who are leaders who are worth following. I think every one that you look at, every one of those people who are inspiring leaders to you, people that you want to be around, you know, people that you want to surround yourself with, and, and you'll notice, you know, the kind of the posse that Paul runs with. I mean, these are, these are, these are incredible guys, right? These are incredible people who, who, have, who have given it all away, and they're traveling all over the known world back when traveling all over the known world wasn't safe for the sake of building up people and spreading the word about Jesus Christ. Uh, they've given it all away. But listen, let me, let me just say this just, just real quickly. Not just time and energy, but also this. There's also a, an aspect about being a person of passion that there's a part of us that needs to die. It's not just time. It's not just energy. Maybe it's that you had a vision or a view of what you, uh, what you wanted to do or the kind of marriage, or the kind of, um, uh, of children that you wanted, and then somehow, maybe even against your will, that gets burned up. That dies. Listen, uh, um, what I want to tell you, and what I want to encourage you in is this, is that out of that death... A lot of times, if someone is following the Lord Jesus Christ, he's wanting something better. He's building something better in their lives. And oftentimes what he's putting in their lives is, is, a, is a greater passion and a greater energy and a greater depth and a greater roundness and a greater uh, a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that people can rec- look, look at and recognize and say, I see passion and I see uh, a substance in you that I don't see in everyone. You know? Um, maybe, that's, uh, maybe that's a struggle that you've had in, in your marriage. Maybe that's a struggle that you've had in, uh, in, in, with your children, maybe with your parents. Maybe that's a struggle that you've had, that you've had a dream of what you're going to do in this life, die. But listen, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of something bigger and better that the Lord's building in you, couldn't we all say, I'm glad I saw those things burn? Now, not at the time, at the time it's painful, at the time it's horrible, but oftentimes when, when that thing, those things get burned and maybe even, you know, something that, that, that was good, maybe it was something that was actually actually good and actually wonderful and beautiful in our lives, but for some reason the Lord decides that it's time to take that away because he wants to do something new. And a lot of times as, as we walk through our lives, as, as much struggle and as much pain as we go through, whether it's marriage trouble or trouble with your children or heartache because of loss or whatever it is, we come out on the other side and say, I'm glad the Lord burned that up. I'm glad he burned up that dream. I'm glad he burned up that idea. I'm glad he burned up that vision for what I had because what he has is so much greater. Listen, some of the greatest people in the world are some, are some of the people who've gone through the greatest uh, tragedy, some of the, the darkest times in their lives. And the Lord uses that in their lives to create people of absolute passion. Yeah? Amen. May it be so with us. Amen. May it be that, 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 that we don't just lament over what's lost, that we don't just lament over the struggle, but we look forward in knowing the goodness of God is bringing about something greater. That, as James says, is that perseverance will finish its work. And when perseverance finishes its work, it leaves in the aftermath something greater, something bolder, and something that's more passionate. Amen. May it be so in, in our lives. Okay. Um, so anyway, so look, look how the Lord provided for Paul. But even in prison, he was provided some countrymen, some, some, some other brothers who were, who were Jewish believers in verse 11. And they have proved a comfort to me. Uh, Epaphras, Epaphras, we believe is the founder, probably the founder of the church in Colossae, probably a convert of Paul when he was in Ephesus, most likely. Um, and listen to what it says about him. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That that term wrestling in, in prayer means means laboring, it means toiling, it means really working. It's with with some emotional loss. It's that there, he the, he's really struggling in prayer for the believers in in Colossians in uh, Colossae. And listen what it says. What what he's struggling for that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Basically, that they may stand firm in their faith because there's all this heretical teaching that said, well, you need Jesus and this. You need Jesus Christ and you need to know this kind of secret knowledge. You need to, Jesus Christ and you've got to add all these requirements about your rituals and what you eat and what you drink. Paul says, no, no. Um, you, he's praying for you to work, that he's working hard for you uh, and and praying for you to stand firm in all the will of God. Listen what he says next. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you. Listen, a work ethic, work ethic is a Christian uh, um, uh, attribute, right? We, We ought to be, we want to be some of the hardest working people on the planet, and particularly when it comes to doing the work of ministry, yeah, that we are laboring for people. I, I want to, just a, another uh, observation here. As um, as it says, Epiphras was struggling in prayer, working, toiling, laboring in prayer for the group in Colossae. Listen, we need to pray more for each other. We need to pray more for our community. We need to pray more for what's going on in the world around us because um, I can't remember who said it now, but I, I love it. It's stuck with me. Um, because when I work, I work, but when I pray, God works. Listen, God needs to work in the lives of the people around you, doesn't he? There, there are things in the lives of the people around you at work, at school, at whatever, even here in our in our church where, where we need to be praying and coming together and, 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 and praying for each other for God to do his work um, in the lives of the people around us. Listen, that's part of this passion is, is to see, Lord God, you do uh, what only you can do in the lives of the people around us. You, you fulfill your calling in them um, as he wrestled in prayer, as Epaphras wrestled in prayer for folks, led us uh, to, uh, by his example, uh, wrestle in prayer for each other and for our community and our, and our world. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. These were cities, uh, along with Colossae, that were very close t- together. Our dear friend Luke the doctor. This is how we know Luke is a doctor. Luke, you know, wrote uh, Acts and, uh, and, uh, and the gospel that's by his name. Um, and Demas, send greetings. Demas would later in Second Timothy, at the, at the end of, of Paul's life or the end of his writings anyway, um, Demas would actually desert Paul. He said he, he basically at that time he says, but he loved the world. And Demas would then desert Paul send their greetings. At this time, though, he sends his greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers of Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. This is interesting. Nympha can be um, a, a masculine or feminine name. Uh, the NIV says, um, um, greet the church in her house. Uh, there are some other translations that, that translate this as a hymn. Basically, that word, that name, Nympha, Nympha can be masculine or, or feminine just based on where the accent mark is. So um, a little bit of confusion whether that's a man or a woman. But interestingly enough, there was a church meeting in her house, um, which of course would, would ring true. There were no church buildings um, until about the 3rd century um, A.D. There were no church buildings, and so they met in her house. Um, we know that they met at, uh, at the temples also, but, uh, but in particular here, they were meeting at her house, which is a good and godly thing. Amen. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodicea and that you, in turn, read the letter from Laodicea. Um, interesting, we have, there are a couple of times in scriptures and Paul's writings that we believe we hear reference to a letter of Paul's that was written to a church that we don't have, has somehow been lost in history, that, that God didn't preserve and it didn't get canonized in the scripture. There's a reference to that in uh, um, 2 Corinthians 5, I believe. Um, but then also, there, no, 1 Corinthians 5 um, refers to a first letter that I wrote to you. Um, and here, there's a, a letter to Laodicea. Some things that that's some people think that's the, the the letter to the Ephesians, but I don't think that's very likely. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work that you have received in the Lord. So there's not much known about Archippus here, um, but anyway, regardless, he's told complete the work that you have received in the Lord. Here, here again, just talking about the passion to fulfill and to follow through with God's calling. And Paul is either, either he's rebuking and telling Archippus, tell him, tell him to fulfill the work the Lord's given him. Tell him to do it. Or perhaps the fact is, is that perhaps Archippus was among these folks and Paul is trying to um, 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 basically say that he supports him. And so by telling them to, to tell him to finish the work, Paul's saying, I support Archippus uh, in the work that he's doing. But regardless, uh, Complete the work that you have received in the Lord. And then he ends with this, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains grace be with you the apostle paul in several times of his of his letters he would it was very common in those days that you would write to a scribe so so someone of, of of prominence or stature like the apostle paul um would have someone actually do the dictation and they would write out the letter themselves but then paul himself would grab the quill and and write you know the very end of the letter where 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 he would write and and uh, in some of his other letters it sounds like paul's writing because it sounds like maybe he's referring to the the size of the letters because we believe maybe the apostle paul had some vision problems and uh so in the end, he's writing this with his own hands. I, Paul, uh, scribe this uh, here, this last part, as he puts a personal touch um, on the letter that he sends to the Colossians. So um, anyway, great stuff. Here's, what I'd, here's how I'd like to, like to end this. One is um, I just want to encourage you. Um, you know, uh, we see the Apostle Paul and all these guy, the guys that he's surrounded with, and I want to encourage you this way, um, to look around to the, the people that you surround yourself with. Are, are they people who are encouraging you, and, and as Paul would write in another, in, in another letter, spurring you on to good deeds? Are these people that encourage you in your faith, that encourage you to follow the Lord well in the things that he's called you to do? We need to surround ourselves with people like that. We need to be reminded of the importance, and we need to, we need to keep up. We need to continue to fan into flame, uh, you know, the work that the Lord's given us and the, and the calling that he's placed on us and a desire to be with him and to, and to love him and to serve him well. Um, and then the last thing is, is this that I just want to ask and reiterate today is uh, I, I want to encourage you to look around at, at your life, to spend a little time thinking about where you're spending your time, where you're spending your money, where, where you're putting your emotional energy into. Is it where you want to be? I, is that what you want to be spending your, your, your thought time doing, or does that need to burn? Do you need to take some things that are, that are not as important as, as being in, in you know loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or serving Him and what He's called you to do or, or, or living out the, the gospel in the lives of the people around you, encouraging them in their, when they have marriage struggles, when they have ch- struggles with their children or their parents or their job or whatever? Uh, you know, are you spending your time that way? Are you spending your energy that way? Are you spending your time on something? that needs to burn to fuel the flame for something that's bigger, something that's greater. I want to close like this. And uh, as we read this letter from, from Paul in 2 Timothy, his, his last letter, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, this is what Paul said about about his life as, as he looked back on the life that, that uh, he had led um, through imprisonment and travels and writing letters to encourage the churches and the believers all over Asia Minor and Greece and uh, everywhere else, even up into Rome. And he says, he says this toward the end of his life, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord God, as we, um, as we read about the life of Paul as we, we read about him and, and just the passion he had to, to continue the work of the ministry, the passion he had to to um, to encourage people to come and to follow you and to, and to stand in their faith, to stand firm in their faith, Lord God. I pray that we, too, would have that kind of passion and that kind of vision, Lord God, that, that our comfort is not supreme, our, our, uh, our own desires aren't the most supreme, but, Lord God, catch us up in this vision that we, that you've called us to something, much bigger than ourselves. You've, ca- you've called us up into this purpose that you have to, to bring about redemption and salvation uh, to your creation. And so, Father, you've placed us at work. You've placed us in our homes. You've, you've given us children and parents, Lord God, that we're, that we're to encourage in the, in the, in, in the faith. You've, you've put us around co-workers, Lord God, that need to hear what you've done in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us a passion for you. I pray, Lord God, that we would just be burning hot, Lord God, and that we would be willingly sacrificing things to burn in that fire, um, that w- that would give us more time and more energy and more more uh, just more passion in in loving you and serving you well. So, Father, I pray that you would take us and uh, as your own as your own people, uh, and I pray for these folks here today, Lord God, and as we as we come willingly, just sacrificing. Um, uh, time and energy or, or lesser things at your throne, Lord God, I pray that you would build in us a fire, uh, a passion, Lord God, that other people would look at and would say, I want what he has as they see the Lord Jesus Christ being lived down in us. Lord, be that in us. Let us be a people who, who, uh, who spur one another on. Let us be a people who are about uh, a passion for loving and serving you well. It's in Jesus' great name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so Stephanie, come on up, Mike. too, you know, come on up with her. And uh, if you want to talk to her a little bit about her uh, her trip or uh, her needs that she has, just come on up afterwards. Love to talk, talk. Love to have you talk with her something. All right, y'all have a great week. Thank you.